When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to a football Friday. It is your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Isn't it cool that if you're a Eagle fan, that you get the opportunity to sit back and kind of relax on Sunday and get to choose the game you want to watch and get yourself ready for a motivated Monday when you got to take on those gigantic, powerful Minnesota Vikings. Woo! Woo! Oh, the greatness of Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni. They scare me. <laughs> Holy cow, man. I mean, I'm going to have to have my A game going with Jonathan Gannon and Nick. That's for another day. Okay. Happy Friday to you. Happy football Friday to all you guys. Stir it up, baby. There you go, Daz. I appreciate everybody coming aboard here. So I'm watching social media. And if you go over to Fly Eagles Fly or Eagles Twitter, Hey, you see, Herbert? Man, I mean, really? I'll take Jalen over Justin Herbert. I, I, I watch that, and Xander has to sometimes pull me off the ledge because when I see that, I'm like, wait a minute. You don't really mean that, do you? You don't. You guys love Jalen Hurts' attributes more than you like his talent. Do you understand that? You like this kid. Would this be a fair statement? And Xander, you tell me too. Would this be a fair statement? Jalen Hurts may be the most beloved eagle in his early career of all time. Of all time. Owner loves him. Eh, questionable on the GM. Fans love him. Okay. Even if you're a detractor, you like the kid. Very seldom do you do, watch this, Aaron Rodgers, man. That guy is a great football player. I can't stand that guy as a human. Same thing with like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a tool. Anybody who suggests that Sandy Hook was a mirage and those people were actors and he follows that guy is a toolbox. But he's a great player. And you're like, man, that guy can play. And when he was with LeBron at 37 that night in that closeout game, unbelievable, right? Tom Brady's one of the very few guys you go, that guy's just great and he's cool. When I grew up, I wanted to be Tom Brady. Favre also, man. Stealing from the poor in Mississippi. Congratulations to you. I bet that's going over well. I'll see you in the pokey. 
five years maybe, you know, minimum. This guy's going to be Paul Crew. <laughs> hey, Brett Favre better get ready, man. He's going to be Paul Crew. What, what happened to Favre? He's running a jailhouse football team in Mississippi Correctional Facility. What? Yeah. This guy's Paul Crew's brother. He's playing football for Warden Hayes uh, at M- M- Mississippi Correctional Facility. Have you seen them play? They played the Mean Machine two weeks ago. Unbelievable. The guy's going to be the next version. That's what Favre's new name is, Paul Crew. Hey, Paul, great to see you, man. I'll see you in 20. <laughs> Holy cow, man. But you guys love this. Justin Herbert can throw the ball. That kid, though, on the other side in Kansas City, he is something special. Patrick Mahomes, man, is just unbelievable. And the things that he's accomplishing, would you guys agree this, that this is the greatest thing that could ever have happened to Andy Reid? It's rejuvenated rejuvenated him, hasn't it? Do you think that when Andy was in Philadelphia, he ran out of gas at the end? Would that have been a fair statement? That Andy Reid ran out of gas at the end in Philadelphia. And that was one of the reasons for his departure, too. Wasn't the fact that, you know, it just wasn't going anywhere. But wasn't it just time for a change? Hey, it happens to everybody. Great CEOs. Hey, man, how many times do you see CEOs move on and then come back and do a great job? The guy at Apple, he left. Steve Jobs, then he came back. The, pro- the program and Apple and all their programs went to a new level. You see it all the time, man, right? And it's no shade on Andy, but it probably was time. This kid in Kansas City, though, it's rejuvenated him, man. He That looks like it. He looks like a better coach. You know, the two minutes into the half and the two minutes at the end of games, I don't think that's ever going to leave him because I think he's so gung-ho on getting the ball down the field because that's who Andy is. But I was saying it last night, and I even tweeted it last night. That dude, man, is a great play caller. Andy Reid is one of the greatest NFL head coaching play callers of all time. That guy can call, man, plays. He is spectacular at getting it done. And Mahomes is like... um, he, 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 he's like a band leader out there, man. Going here, going here, going there. That's what you envision your offense to look like. So spread out. Man, he did a really great job. Great college football Saturday, too. There's a game tonight, I believe. FSU and Louisville, I think, is tonight, too. So that'll kick off your football weekend like it did last night, NFL-wise. NFL Sunday. May I say something to you? Why do I like the Saints over the Bucks on Sunday? We'll take a look at all the Week 2 games, including a little bit of what happened last night. But I do want to start it out with this. All right, let's do this. If Jonathan Gannon gave you more room for pause on his ability to handle the Eagles' defense, Do you think that Jalen Hurts has closed the gap now and won the week one audition? He's got 17 NFL football games this year. And I call them 17 weeks of auditions. Did he move closer to getting that contract extension where 
the Eagles feel comfortable going forward with him? Do you feel better about him today after the week one game than you did prior to him going into that game? And I'm not just talking about him doing this. Hey, let's wait and see. And I'm not asking you that right now. Hey, let's let's start working on a contract. I'm, I'm, not, I'm asking you, do you feel better about Hurts today as he gets ready for the Monday game? That could change, right? That could change a little bit after Monday. I'm not, I'm not holding your feet to the fire here. GT says yes. Let's see if he can beat good teams. That's, that's a great take, and that's a, that's a right take. But again, you got to still beat the teams in front of you to build up the equity to get to a game like that. It's a big game because the Eagles won against the Lions. Both teams won and know. Obviously, the Vikings had more of an impressive win over the Packers than what the Eagles did. But this is a big game. Network television, prime time. Here, absolutely, Brian says no. Am I the biggest Jalen Hurts detractor? I would think I am. I feel better about it. I feel better about him, and I feel more comfortable with him going into week two, if that means anything to you. I, I went back, and again, like I said, I watched that game a couple times. There were things in the game that I really was impressed with him on, and, I, and I've pointed some of these out to you already. The sacrificing of his personal stats to not take minus yards. I love that. He didn't get enough credit for that. You notice? Nobody in the media, and everybody was looking at that 56% percentage completion. Even I did on Monday, right? To my fault. Until you go back and you really dissect it. Now look, am I saying that this guy's Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. I'm nowhere there. But he found ways to win that game. Wasn't for Hurts. Hey, Hurts was the most important player on the field. It wasn't A.J. Brown. He was the most important player on the field this past Sunday. He's not on the field. They don't win. Actually, they probably get blown out. I feel good about that. I feel real good. I, I mean, I feel better today. A little bit. I'm not saying that, look, I'm, you know I'm not sold on him. But what I am is, he's maturing. Even more so, he's maturing at the position in front of us. That's also growth, my friends. You just don't have to grow with your arm. You can grow maturity-wise in the pocket. Here's a great example of a guy who can't mature in the pocket. Sam Darnold still throws picks. Hey, Justin Herbert still throws picks. That pick six last night was the game. Flex says he's not eligible to the offseason. Flex, I know this. I'm talking about us, not management. I'm talking about us. Are you feeling more comfortable with him moving into week two? I, I saw maturity is what I'm saying to you, okay? And you know I'm still a detractor. Frankie says as a player, he's fine. As a long-term quarterback, he has a mountain to climb with less tools than Herbert and Mahomes. 
I don't think Patrick Mahomes has a ton of talent on that team offensively. What are you looking at? I agree with Justin Herbert, and I think Josh Allen, okay? Philly goes, Sills, did someone talk to you? No, I went back. I t- Philly 559, I told you this. If I start to see improvement in things, I'm going to give the kid credit. I'm not going to take a dump on him. Or as he likes to say, a deuce. Dan, you were wrong about Jackson. 100% wrong about Deshaun Jackson. James, 100%. One of my worst takes of all time, actually. Guy next year went on to be a unanimous MVP. That's a shit take, my friend. Evan says that all 22 shows he did well. He took that defense and what it gave him and also, too, what the offensive line couldn't protect him to do. Big Sills, do you ever think we'll be able to trust Howie? Um, No. And you know why? He's involved in too many things. Here's what's going to be the undoing of Howie, Keel. He built something, he'll tear it down. Just like he, now I, hey, Keel, now I know what happened to your 2017 team. How he destroyed it. He built it. He destroyed it. He can't get out of his own way. You're never going to have Super Bowl contending windows because he can't control himself. Does that make sense? He built that 17 team. He destroyed the 17 team. Being involved with Doug Peterson too much. Being involved in game day situations. Player active on Sunday. He he was his own undoing. That's who he is. Okay? He just can't do this. Turn the sheet over and give it to the coach and let the coach do it and stay out of the way for the remainder or as you get to the trading deadline, whatever the coach needs. He can't do that. He's got to be the star of the show. The most recognizable face on the Philadelphia Eagles is Howie Roseman. That's a problem. That's a problem. Okay? It's not Jalen Hurts. It's the GM. Why does the owner get a free pass? Because the owner, since 2000, has been the most successful team in the NFC East. That's why. He's won more playoff games. Um, He's won a couple of NFC championships. He's won a Super Bowl. I mean, the Giants, the last 10 years, have been, I, I would give it to the Eagles. They've been the most dominant team in the NFC East since 2000. What are you talking about? He's been a success. It's nothing on the owner. It's not on the owner. That's inaccurate. Injuries derailed that team. Really? What about the 4-11 and 11 year? What about the year after that? What about how they got to Wentz and fired Doug? That's what I'm talking. From the day they won the Super Bowl to the next year when they got to New Orleans and Jeffries drops that pass, it began, began to unravel. And the guy who was the architect of it unraveling is the current general manager of the team because he's the last guy standing. And with a new three-year contract. Okay? 
He unraveled that thing. Injuries? Sure. But from the time that New Orleans team or game, the following year after the Super Bowl, Eagles never been the same. And by the way, I pumped the brakes on calling this 2022 team as talented as that 17 team. They ain't shown it yet. I wouldn't go in that conversation yet. I pumped the brakes on that before you start barking at this team here is as talented as that team. Your coaching staff is nowhere near that. As a matter of fact, this could be one of the most inexperienced coaching staffs in the NFL. And you're talking to me about Super Bowl? Look at how Nathaniel Hackett handled that game against Pete Carroll. He was outcoached, outthought, outplayed. His $300 million quarterback wasn't ready game plan-wise to play. Okay? Outcoached. Coaching matters in the NFL. Putting players in proper position and being able to motivate the guys on your roster. By the way, Baird Brooks will join us at 4.30 from Sports Take. Okay? Doug won it all in his second season. (laughs) Won it all in his second season. And from the time that happened, egos got in the way. Same thing in Dallas with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. What was the famous line in Orlando at the owners meeting? Do you guys remember? Anybody could coach the Cowboys. Ever since that day in Orlando at the owners meetings, when Jerry Jones made that proclamation, it's been a cascade of coaches that have gone through Dallas. Dave Campos, um, the, 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 uh, all those guys. Parcells was the best guy in the building. The stiff they got in there now, Chan Gailey, all them dudes. It, it's but a caravan of these jokers that have gone into Dallas. Ego got in the way there too. Ego got in the way in San Francisco between Bill Walsh and Carmen Policy. Ego, at the end, got in the way of Brady and Belichick. It happens. That thing just lasted longer. Okay? Sills, tell the Eagles organization they need to get rid of Gannon, the Birdman. I'm trying. I put out Brian Flores, who I would love to see coach the Philadelphia Eagles defense next year. Why not? Why not? He is a head coach. And if that guy, which I don't believe he's going to, I think he's going to be Kaepernick. I don't think he's going to be exiled from the league. But he's going to be exiled, in my opinion, from being a head coach. Unless something drastically changes and somebody gives him an opportunity and opens up that door for him. I think it's going to be a while for Brian Flores. Because you know what those owners are going to think. Brian Flores, he ratted out the owner. Other owners are looking at that and going, you may not like Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, but he's one of us. You're not one of us. Look at how they protect Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder should, if you think the guy in Phoenix shouldn't own a team, Daniel Snyder in Washington Shouldn't own a team either. So to me, I don't think, why not get something that is 
see, this this here is a Warren Buffett move. You're going to get a quality coach. You think Brian Flores is 10 times the defensive coordinator that Jonathan Gannon is? How could you not? I would line up and be one of the people in line at the end of the year and go like this. Hey, how'd you like to become the defensive coordinator? But right now he's a special assistant to the head coach. You know how much money he's making? He's making between $150,000 and $175,000. That's what special assistants make. He's not a position coach. Okay, he's a special assistant. Which, same thing, Don Capers is a special assistant in Denver. It's a way of putting really good people on your coaching staff and not having that have to be a, like a 500 or a million-dollar salary for some of these assistant coaches. The assistant coaches in the NFL make between four and $600,000, linebackers, D-line, depending on the organization, too. Some are cheaper than others. Some are do you know the can do you know the strength and conditioning coach in New England makes nine hundred thousand dollars a year? Do you know Alexander? You don't know this. Besides the two coordinators at Alabama, do you know who the third richest salary guy is on the Alabama Crimson Tide? The strength and conditioning coach. He's the third highest paid guy. He, he might be the highest paid conditioning coach in the country. That's a big position. When you Because why? Half the year you have the team. The other half of the year the coach has them. You work out with those guys for seven, eight months. And you work out with them during the year. Brian Flores, but again, here's a guy that's going to sit now. Could Brian Flores sit in that meeting and have Howie Roseman put his input in. I would say this to Brian. Brian, you want to coach again in the NFL? You got to show you can work with people. This would be a perfect position for him. Because you know what Flores has to do also? he's not He, he needs to do some rehabilitation on himself. This is the beautiful thing that Saban does. You see, a, a coaching staff and, a, and an organization like the Eagles – They don't have the backbone of Saban. Saban will take Bill O'Brien, who was recently fired, but knows is a good coach. He'll take Sark. He'll take Kiffin. He'll take the coach at Maryland. All these guys who have dents in their fenders, but he knows they're quality people. And he knows they're good folks who made a mistake or what have you, been fired for something. What Kiffin was fired on the tarmac after a game on the road. They fired him on the tarmac. Saban took him in. Knew he was quality. A lot of places are afraid of guys like Brian Flores. Why? The guy's a leader. He's an absolutely great decoy. This guy's got six Super Bowl rings. Six Super Bowl rings. And you want to keep that turd in Philly? Why? Because Howie can push him around? Sit in the meeting and tell them what to do, who to play. That's unraveling your team. That's not building, hey, let's do this. Isn't it time for Howie to build a good coaching staff? Isn't it time for him to build a legendary coaching staff? One of the reasons Pittsburgh is so good every year 
Look at that coaching staff. Alfredo Roberts, a tight end. Dunbar. You know, hey, Xander. You know, Carl Dunbar was the defensive line coach at Alabama for seven years. Do you know he was the D-line coach at Alabama when Jeff Stoutman was there? The two line coaches at Alabama that poured the cement for all these guys that go in now, Dunbar and Stoutland were at Alabama. Did you know that? They hire amazing, amazing coaches. That was always one of the great things in New England. I don't think they have it any longer. You had Brian Flores in the building. You had great assistants. Matt Patricia was a great assistant coach. He sucks as a head coach. Bill hires all these great assistants. It's not his fault they're not head coaches. There's more to it. Bill Belichick sucked in Cleveland. Harder than you think than it is when you're talking about being a head coach. Howie's got to build. Howie built the damn. Look at the coaching staff that they built for the Super Bowl. George, Frank Reich, Doug Peterson. These guys all had experience. Doug worked for Andy Reid. And you know where Frank was? Frank was behind Marv Levy. Not only as a player, but he was also behind him as an assistant coach. This guy went all around the building, man. He's had 14 position jobs, Frank Reich, before he got that Colts job. Look at Swartz. He was the head coach of Detroit. Look at that staff you had. That was a heck of a coaching staff. And it proved out. And you had Jeff Stoutland. Okay? I mean, that's probably why too, Brian. All those guys got sick of the guy's shit being in those Monday meetings. You're right. Building a coaching staff in Philly, you got to have these young guys because they don't know any better. A veteran coach doesn't tolerate that. A veteran coach needs to... Hey, let me ask you this. Why would I listen to Tracy Rocker when I know there's other people making influential decisions on how we play, scheme-wise and who's active? Tracy's just a dude. He's like a hitting instructor, okay? Like a batting coach. It's the players. They're not bought in. They're not bought into the coaching staff. You know, all this work Howie did, why didn't he build a coaching staff? First year DC, first year OC, first year head coach. Special teams dudes. Only guy with any kind of salt in there is Jeff Stout. rest of them, I think he's at kindergarten class at times. The hell do these guys know? No experience? And when somebody tells me that, Nick Sirianni had say in who he hired as assistant coaches. He hasn't been in the league long enough. How would he know? What quality guy could he possibly have worked with? Or worked under him? He hasn't been in the league long enough. Right? How he's built this team, and you know why he hasn't built a good coaching staff? Could push the coaching staff around. He's not having Doug Peterson again like that. He's not. And the reason he could build this team, oh my God, Jalen's their boy. 
He is. It's because of the salary. He could do anything they want salary cap wise because he makes 1.1 million. I've told you this. You wait till they have to start paying him $35 million. If they get to that point, then we'll see what kind of capologist he is. I'd really like to have seen what he would have done if Wentz had gone on and done some good things, how he would have managed that cap. Still got Alshon Jeffries on that cap at five and a half million bucks. The restructuring contract so that they can get under the cap if they have to make a move by the trading deadline. I think he's still looking at a safety, maybe some more depth in the running back position or tight end position. I think they're weak in depth at tight end. I think they're weak in depth at safety. Still a position of concern as you're going into the season here. They should never hire. They're not going to hire Seth. They would never look at Seth Joyner, even though he'd be a quality pick to be a D coordinator. How he would not be able to boss around Seth. You're not going to get, stop that. You may not, but here, follow me here on Brian Flores. Brian Flores needs some rehab. He's got to prove he can work with an organization if he wants to be a head coach. You just can't go around accusing people of fixing games, racism, and all that stuff and think all of a sudden you're going to land an elite job like the Philadelphia Eagle defensive coordinating job. And if he wants to be a head football coach again, he's got to show he can work in the building, and it was a Stephen Ross deal, not a Brian Flores deal. So if I were him, I would be looking to be a defensive coordinator to build my equity back up again like those coaches did at Alabama because he's going to need it. If his ego is too big and he thinks he should be a head coach, you'll be waiting on the vine a long time, my friend. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen. So people were tweeting at me going, he needs to be, no shit, needs to be a head coach. That ain't happening. You could get a quality guy like that that needs to go through career rehab to let others know that, hey, I could be trusted and work with when you're talking running an NFL team. There's no way on the planet Brian Flores will ever be a head football coach again right now, today. Never. In a billion years. Is he qualified? Overqualified. Had massive success, I think, in rebuilding the Dolphins. It's irrelevant. No one trusts them. And when I say no one, those 32 Wolves don't trust them. Isn't it funny? One of the only black coaches in the NFL had to bring him in. I didn't see any white coaches bringing them in. And the people that invented the Rooney rule brought them in. You couldn't have gone to a better place. However, there's no coincidence there. Well, you think other coaches and other places were going to bring him in? Bob Kraft and all these guys who talk about end race. You, you don't really believe that in your mind, do you? Remember what I told you? How funny was it last night? And by the way, I kind of like the tomahawk chop. And racism, and they're doing a tomahawk chop at Arrowhead. NFL loves to tell you what you want to hear. Well, let me get going here. I mean, you got to read behind the, behind the lines there, and you got to go behind the curtain a little bit here. Okay? Wentz is going to get sacked a lot. They're playing the Lions. Yes, maybe. All right. I want to... I, I want to hit on this here. So wait a minute. You guys all feel good 
going into Monday's game. And how about this? I'll even do this. I think we should have a weekly audition and we should have like critics, you and me. It's, it's like it's like a Broadway show. Did, did Jalen Hurts pass the opening act? Yeah. Yes. Would I come back to that show? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it. He wasn't the issue. He wasn't the issue this past Sunday. So was he okay? Yeah. Going into Minnesota? Tell you what, I think he passed week one audition. I'm all right with that. Hey, do I want to see 450 yards and all? Of course we all do. But he's not on the field, they don't win. So, I think he passed audition one in week one. And that gets him into week two. And you know what he's doing when we're saying this to you? He's building up equity. He keeps, he keeps putting these weeks together. Pretty soon you're going to start doing this. There's a trend. But I do agree with Daz. You got to win against games. Xander said this three weeks ago. This guy's got to win games like Monday. If he's not going to be Justin Herbert, do we all agree? If he's not going to put up numbers, like Patrick Mahomes, seven touchdowns, no interceptions in the first two weeks. It's crazy. Okay? He's just crazy. If he's not going to win games like that, he's got to beat the good teams. Okay? Because there's nothing else to gauge him on except empty calorie stats and beating bad teams. That's what he has right now. Jalen Hurts beats bad teams with empty calories as we go into the Monday game. However, those calories will start meaning more if you beat Minnesota. You feel me? All right, hit the like button. Don't forget my good friends over at Morgan & Morgan. We're the fee is free, guys. If you're hurt or injured on a job, one of the most important places that you can go to have people defend you and your family when it comes to fair compensation is Morgan & Morgan. Past 30 years, they've collected over $13.5 billion dollars for their clients, which means this. They're there to defend you to the best of their ability. They're the biggest law firm in the country when it comes to getting compensation for their clients. With over 800 attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida, nobody intimidates Morgan & Morgan. Like I said, the biggest firm there is in the country. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. And when you call them, do me a favor, tell them Dan Celio sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan and Morgan for the people.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills here. Please hit the like button. Every time I see things like this, man, um, this is why I talk to you the way I do sometimes. Don't let opportunities slip through your fingers. Sap just tweeted at me at Dan Cilio Show because we were talking about Tony Dungy coaching me. He allowed the legend to be formed and gave me structure and purpose in life. Sap just texted me and said he would have done the same for you. You know this, brother. You know, he and I don't see eye to eye in a lot of things sometimes. But out of the blue, you know, we had Rich McKay a couple weeks ago say that they misused me 100%. And this is Jonathan Gannon stuff, folks. Don't let him destroy Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, 
Don't let him destroy those guys. Because a shitty coordinator is a nightmare. Trust me. You go home at night, you look in the mirror, and you start crying. Because of the hard... Do you know it took me 14 years to get to the NFL with bitty football, high school football, college football, and within 18 months, my NFL career was destroyed. I didn't help it. But I got to the shittiest environment you could ever have imagined. Coordinator didn't know what he was doing. The D-line coach was horrible. That's why when Sapp sends me that and says, Sills, if you had Dungey, you'd have a gold jacket. <laughs> Don't be me. That's why when I see a guy like Jonathan Gannon and someone goes, Sills, it's one. No, it's an attitude. It's inspiring you. It's putting you in a position to win, man. They hear both Coach Dungy and Sap say, would have been a whole different world for you, Sills. It's so not cool. It's like Xander talking to me the other day. It's so not cool, but true. And it doesn't come from a place of being mean. They're not coming from a place of being mean. They just can't believe it. I got Warren Sapp and Tony Dungy saying the same thing. I got Xander Krause saying the same thing. That's a trend. That's why when I talk to you about coaches like this who are not putting kids in right positions to win, I'm coming from a place of experience. You go home and you look at the mirror and you go, what is he asking me exactly? When you ask him a question, he can't answer you. Because this guy is so in love with his system, his way of doing things, he looks at the players as a widget. He looks at you as a widget. If Kobe Dean gets three reps, Jim Johnson's not having that. They would have found out if that kid could work or not. Dude, you can have bad coaches around. Hey, get this. You can overcome shitty coaches in college because you're just so good. Not in the NFL. You got bad coaches, man. It's glaring. Let me walk it back. I don't know bad coaches and experienced coaches at that level. Does that make sense? That's, that's how I see it. By the way, Top of the hour, we'll take a look at week two of the NFL. Sills, your shirt is inside out. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I do that on purpose sometimes, my friend. Yes. <laughs> Great observation. You're hired. Gannon won't be here next year. He'll be either a head coach. That's scary. Or out of a job. We just got one more season here with this BS. I believe that too. I think they'll move on from him. Either way, they'll move on from him. Okay? They'll move on from him. All right. Let's move on to this topic here. Barrett Brooks, 4.30 Eastern time. 
What NFC East team do you think is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the division? Giants. By the way, I think the Giants are going to be 2-0. I buried the lead a little bit because I also have scores here that I'm going to predict. But I think they're going to be 2-0 after this weekend. And there's a little juice to them. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is fixed because I don't think he can fix him. But their old line looks better. They're, they're run blocking better. They're playing better defense. Okay? They are. They're playing better defense. I thought the special teams were really good. So I think the Giants look improved. Not better, but improved. They scored 17 points a game last year. You know, I can't get a I can't get a pulse on Washington yet. Detroit's gonna give me more of a pulse on Washington. Dallas, I think they're dead. Now, if Cooper Rush does something incredible against Cincinnati this weekend, I think they're six and a half or seven and a half point underdogs in that game. I think at home too, to the Bengals. I mean, I don't know. I think that team is in a whole lot of trouble. And I'll say this even to you too. I really didn't think Dak Prescott, prior to him getting hurt, I didn't think he was really playing all that hot himself. The Cowboys didn't look very good to me prior to the guy getting hurt. Okay? Washington, Washington. Miles has to continue to improve. You know what, Manster? I think Miles has to continue to be consistent. Does that mean, you know? Tony says Washington will beat Detroit. If you think otherwise, I, look, I, I think Detroit I think Detroit is a good football team. I think they're much improved. I do. East Candom says Dallas. The Commanders almost lost to Jacksonville. We almost lost to the Lions. Literally anything can happen in this division, says Anthony. So far, you're not wrong. I heard Wentz is out because he got a hangnail. <laughs> Way to go, Eagle man. Even though the commies struggled with the Jags on the worst team, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And that worst team in the NFL last year beat the Colts. Um, I, I even And their Doug Peterson coaches them. I don't think the Jags are horrible. They're just not, watch this. I don't think they're horrible. I just don't think they're very good. Tony says Wentz, elite quarterback play. Four TDs and 300 yards. Those are elite numbers. He's not elite, though. Ha! Huh. Look at Jesse. The Eagles is our biggest threat. Our own undoing. That's a great take. It was only week one. Relax. Nobody's upset. It's a question. Jags beat Buffalo last year. That's a damn true statement. If the Cowboys beat the Bengals, what does that say about Burrow? Nothing. It says that they didn't fix their O-line. He was annihilated last week, too. He Hey, if 17 carries a year or a game for Jalen Hurts, and I'm saying Jalen won't make the season, you keep getting Burrow sacked the way you're getting like you did in week one, he won't make the season either. Let's be fair to that, too. Burrow keeps getting knocked around like that, It'll be a very short career. Cincinnati can't defend him. They can't protect him. Cincinnati, since they drafted Joe Burrow, 
He's had a knee surgery. He's had off-season surgery. He has been knocked around and the most sacked player in the league. You got to protect him. Why don't you think Cincinnati can protect him? Because they're cheap. Even with the amount of money they spend in the O-line. You got to do better. Should have made the deal for Trent Williams. You want to get an elite quarterback? Get Trent Williams. You had a shot at him. Washington was dangling him out there for everybody. Did you actually think Washington wanted to send him into the NFC with some team like that? No way. Look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck had a short career because he played with reckless abandon and the Colts couldn't protect him. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Andrew Luck is not in the NFL today because of the amount of punishment he took in Indianapolis. That's a fact for sure. I don't want Hurts getting sacked like, like Joe. So happy he's got wheels. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, GT. Those 17 carries might well have been sacks. Don't you get it? GT. Burrow was sacked maybe five times. Took less punishment than what Jalen did. Those 17 carries, well, you think they just what? Kind of like pillow tackled him? They hit him like a back. And some of those were late. He took more punishment than what Joe Burrow did. With the way that he plays the game. That's, you could be sacked five times in a game and you're a standard back, backup quarterback, drop back kid, and get sacked three, four times. You're Jalen Hurts and get sacked none, but you run 17 times. What's the difference? What, what, what's the, okay, not all 17. What's the difference then? What's the difference between Jer- Burrow's punishment Herbert's punishment or Hertz's punishment? Hertz's is almost self-inflicted because he has to. I don't want my quarterback getting hit. This is the war of attrition. Okay? This is war of attrition. GT, I'm not saying about moving change. I'm talking about punishment that your guy takes. There's no difference from a guy getting sacked fit five times or three times than a guy getting sacked 17 or a guy running the ball 17 times. You're both taking extreme punishment in the same process. There's no difference. Hurts moves the chains. Burrow gets you to Super Bowls. Burrow gets you to AFC championship wins, national championships. Jalen, and again, GT, not to go down that road again because we're in season now. He's got every opportunity. So me banging on him and talking about the past is irrelevant. The only thing he has in front of him right now is a one-game season, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. Okay? Will he move the chains against the Vikings? We shall find out. Green Man says our D will show when we need them. God, I hate defenses like that, Green Man. Show up when you want to. 
What great defense do you remember that shows up when they want to? You know, I was talking to you about Warren Sapp, and I'm talking to Sapp here in between our breaks here. That 2002 Buck team didn't show up when it felt like it. They played lights out defense every single Sunday. That Ravens defense didn't take weekends off. They showed up every single weekend. Personally, for me, I think the biggest threat to the Eagles is the Washington Commanders. I do. Because Wentz is going to have a big day against the Eagles. Why do I say that? Because your defensive coordinator is not aggressive. Every single person watching this show today knows this. How do you rattle Wentz? Pressure. Front four pressure. Blitzes. Moving him around. Your coordinator in 19 games hasn't done that and refuses for whatever reason to do that. If that guy doesn't do that on Monday night against the Vikings, they'll put 45 points up on the Eagles. He sits back and plays in that that soft coverage and that soft zone in the middle of the defense for the Eagles. Justin Jefferson left 225 yards receiving. You got to pressure Wentz. This guy doesn't. He don't believe in it. He just doesn't believe in it. I have not seen in 19 games where he's put together a game plan that made sense on when to blitz, when not to blitz, when to bring twist stunts, when to have run stunts. He has not shown me in 19 ball games. This is not a Lions deal, friends. This is more of a characteristic. As Seth, he'll tell you, this guy's stripes ain't changing. I don't give a shit if you have Reggie White out there. The only difference that it would be would be like Belichick having Tom Brady. Reggie's going to get to the passer. Whether Jonathan Gannon's the D coordinator or whether Jonathan Swift is the defensive coordinator. Reggie's getting to the passer, <laughs> Okay. Reggie's getting there. Who's your D coordinator? Jonathan Swift. (laughs) Oh, okay. Does it really matter? No. Not with 92 out there. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It it, it doesn't matter. You get to Wentz with pressure. Every single team that's pressured Wentz. Like when the Titans did it last year. Man, that guy was all... That guy... That guy wet himself so bad in that game that it was unwatchable at times because you were so embarrassed in how he wet himself. And then they did the same thing to him in Jacksonville. Little bit in the second half of that um, Raider game, the second to the last game of the regular season last year. He wet the bed too. But you got to pressure him. Cannon's not If Gannon doesn't pressure Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz will throw for 354 yards against the Eagles in week three. Absolutely. Because last year, he played well against good teams. And those teams didn't pressure him. You know why? They couldn't because Jonathan Taylor was running crazy. 
Jonathan Taylor and that offensive attack they had, the kid had 1,810 yards. You got to keep an eyeball on his ass. That's what made Wentz have such good statistical numbers a year ago. It's because Taylor had great numbers. As great as numbers that Wentz had, Taylor's were better. 1810 he had. And Wentz threw for 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns and seven picks because of the dude behind him. But when they started pressuring Wentz and the teams that knew it, especially down the stretch run last year in the second half of the year, that's how you get to his ass. That's why Ursay was so aggravated that he just didn't throw the ball in the stands because he likes that hero ball stuff, which you guys are so deemed, and it's right. Dome says that Wentz is a bum. Wentz didn't have bum numbers last year. You're wrong, man. And he owns every passing record, single season-wise, in your franchise's history. So a bum is your number one guy. What's that say about the quarterback position in Philly over the last 35, 45 years? If a bum owns all your records, what does that say about the position in Philadelphia? You never maximize the passing game outside of the 04 season. The only year, really, that Philadelphia ever really maximized the passing game was 2004 when Owens was going nuts. Maybe a little bit. Oh, they didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver in the uh, Super Bowl season except for the tight end. Those are all facts, my friends. The Eagles have been a dominant running attack. The most dominant player that you've had since 2000 is probably Brian Westbrook. You know why? Westbrook lasted more than one year because T.O. really only lasted one year. Brian Westbrook's been your most potent offensive football player since 2000. I can't think of another one. Deshaun Jackson was great, but not like that guy. 1,400 yards, 70 catches, nothing like that. He was your most explosive player. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, Jeremy Macklin? Now, A.J. may be this guy, and it may last longer. T.O. lasted one year. I wouldn't consider that a career in Philly. I'm not putting his banner up or his number up at the link. Just because he had an iconic season. What is he, Roger Maris? Okay. And 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 by the way, too, Brian, I'm I'm not dumping on on Deshaun Jackson. I'm just saying Westbrook's probably your most. Yeah, but as great as Shady was, too, man. Westbrook was better. Westbrook was better than Ertz. Sorry, I know he caught the most important touchdown in the history of the franchise. But he ain't Brian Westbrook, man. Come on now. Okay, Foles, one one moment. I'm talking about a career, dude. There's a reason you hang that guy's number up. The reason he's in the Eagle Hall of Fame. Brian Westbrook, okay? <laughs> I mean... And now there could be a shot here. So you guys keep saying to me that Wentz sucks. All right, well, he's your single-season passing leader. Gary goes, our best offensive player was a running back. 
Yeah, but he did more than that too, Gary. You know that full well. Okay, you know that. Hey, and as much as you loved all those guys, Joe Horn and Isaac Bruce with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk was the guy. Marshall Falk, that offense went through Marshall Falk, man, that Rams team. Emmett, that went through Emmett, that Dallas dynasty, went through Emmett. And that old line, right? Hurts zero. I <laughs> I bet you that number by the end of the year won't be what that is. Last year, he threw seven picks. Your boy threw 16. We'll see after Monday, my friend. Live, we'll see. You know what? He's got to throw it in the air, too. You got to get the ball in the air. That team was deadly. Westbrook was our best running back and McNabb was our best quarterback in history. Yes. Yes. And McNabb was the most pettiest player in Eagle history. I want to look at week two of the NFL a little bit more. As we get into week number two of the NFL. And also, too, how I would attack the Vikings offense and how I would attack the Vikings defense. Barrett Brooks is also in hour number two, 430 Eastern. Keep it here. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits. 
as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Barrett Brooks from Sports Take will be with us at 4.30 Eastern time. You guys, if you watched the game last night, did you like Herb Street as the analyst last night? My wife actually thought he did a pretty decent job. I had a tough time, though, because I'm going, he made a reference that he's never been to Arrowhead before. And I'm like, man. How could you be a NFL analyst and you've never been to Arrowhead Stadium before? And that was like your first time ever going into the building. Yeah, I've always heard it's here like this and I've always heard it's loud. And I'm like, that's the first time he wasn't bad. I didn't think he was bad, but I was like, it was weird. It was like, he's great at college football. I love listening to him at college football, but. As a, as a pro analyst, I couldn't get over the fact this guy's never even this guy never even put a professional football helmet on before. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, but and my wife's like, he did a really good job. I was like, okay. I know Michael's missed that 74 yard punt. Um, I, I was like, Big Pickett says Amazon was good like NBC to me, Herb Street college guy. I was it just it just came off. By the way, I thought the broadcast was good. You know, I watched it. I didn't think it was over-the-top bad. I mean, I've seen over-the-top bad ESPN. You know that Sunday show they have is brutal. I I've, I stopped watching it like about four years ago. You know, when they, I guess when they took Berman off it, four or five years ago when they took Berman off, I stopped watching it. It's just terrible. I think the way they go around the room and I think their analysts are terrible. The whole thing, I that Sunday game day on ESPN is awful. I love Buck and Ake, Buck and Aikman on the Monday night crew, and that's who they get. Eagles and Vikings on Monday night. That's going to be dope, man. I can't wait to listen to those guys. So, hey, Joseph. Oh, there was a show after the game. I didn't watch that. It was really it was a tragedy. I didn't. I didn't see that, man. I, I yeah, I turned it off right away, man. Right after that, Wentz and Elite don't go together. Nobody said he is elite, okay? Nobody said he's elite. He's a better passer, though, than Jalen, okay? That's a fact. And you know that. His numbers dictate that. Even his opening week dictates that. He's a better passer of the football. It was terrible. Now, again, Jalen Hurts is going to win games differently the same way that Patrick Mahomes wins differently. No, Evans, I don't think he'll ever. 
he'll ever be a passing quarterback. McNabb never hit 4,000 yards. McNabb in his entire career never threw for 4,000 yards ever. And all of a sudden, a guy who is not really a true passer is going to throw for 4,000 yards. Hey, get this. I'm not sure Lamar Jackson's ever going to throw for 4,000 yards. I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to. I'm not sure he's just going to sit back in the pocket and be a guy that's going to throw for 4,000 yards. Not sure either. Okay? F the numbers. Hurts is better than Wentz. He's beaten, again, I don't want to continue the conversation, Anthony, but name me one team that matters that he's won. The Saints? I can name you 15 teams that were good football teams that Wentz has beaten in his career. Even last year he beat, I think he beat the Bills last year. He beat winning teams. That 9-8 and eight record was better than the Eagles' record a year ago. Look at who they beat. Are you trying to tell me you think Jalen Hurts had a better year last year than Carson Wentz did? You would be wrong. Okay? How many picks did he throw last year? Seven. Okay? Oh, last week. Uh, Beat a team that's a winning team. Again, I'm going to end it because Monday, that's coming. We're going to find out if he can beat a winning team. This will be the first test. This will be the first test. You know, it'll be the first test. And GT, you know what? Since you called me out on it yesterday, oh, yeah, I, I don't believe the Eagles are beating the Vikings on Monday night. My question is whether or not it's going to be close. And I'm figuring that out now. Okay? There's no way they're beating that Vikings team on Monday. Not with that performance on defense. Did you hear what I said? With defense. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Jalen. I'm talking about your boy on the other side. The biggest question mark on the Philadelphia Eagles football team is not Jalen Hurts. It's your D coordinator. Okay? I don't think that coordinator is good enough to stop Justin Jefferson. I, I do not. He doesn't believe in pressure. Kirk Cousins can't take pressure. You're going against a D coordinator that doesn't bring pressure. So all of a sudden, he's going to come out of who he's been the last 19 games and beat Buddy Ryan Monday night. Really? I want to see it. I want to see it. Okay? I want to see it. Four K with seventeen games is only two hundred and thirty-five yards per game. Very doable. We'll see. He was thirty-one hundred last year and sixteen. We'll see. Got another thousand yards to go. <laughs> okay. Another thousand. We are going to have to win, in spite of. The defensive calls, Joseph, 
I think that's going to be a tough one. I do. Let me get, before I get into week two of the season, I'm going to, I want to do this. And I wrote these two things down here. How would I attack the Minnesota Vikings offense? Jesus. This will be everything that you won't see on Monday night. But here goes. I put a 50 front on these guys. Who's the most important person you have to stop, in your opinion, Monday night when it comes to the Vikings? Who do you think is the most important person you got to stop? I'll give you guys a couple um, suggestions here. Who do you think is the most important person you have to stop? You clowned Wentz for losing to Jacksonville with a playoff spot on the line. I did. I never said he's elite. Okay? Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Cousins, no doubt Jefferson. I think it's Dalvin Cook. I think you got to stop the run game. You were gashed in that game by the Lions. You were gashed. First down, they were gaining eight, nine, ten yards a play. Barrett's been saying this since I met him. Dude, they're not very good on first down. I mean chunk yards against the Eagles. This is a 19 year, a 19 game trend. This is nothing that changed in week one from week eight of last year or week two of last year. It's the same. You have not shown me you're effective with your scheme on first down. The key to a great defense is winning first down. It's not winning third down. You want most teams in third and long. Why? Because that reduces your playbook for the offensive team to 18%. When you're third and three, you have 73% of your playbook open to converting that first down. When you're third and six to nine to 10, you go from 18% down to 11% when it's third and nine. I get to use 11% of my playbook on third and nine. And you take those plays that you see on film and you strategize how you're going to defend them. That's why the bad teams are always in third and long. Jalen was on a bad team Sunday. Here's why. How many times were the Eagles in third long that he saved the day? That was a bad performance. Not by him. O-line couldn't pass protect. Not by him. Not by him. What was it, 10 times? Third and long, third and 12? Jesus, criminy. That's a bad, a drop back quarterback who's not an elite guy. Sam Dart murdered. The Lions would have beat that team 44-10 if Jalen doesn't break out like that and keep the drives extended. 
Okay? I mean, dude. So if, here's what's... When you attack that offense and you got a guy like Cousins and you got a guy like Cook and you got Jefferson, you have the three components to move the chains and being a versatile offense. You got a 4,500. Here, what's the number here on him? I wrote it down. I wrote it down here. Let me show you something here about Kirk Cousins. Do you know in the last, let me see here. This, this is over the last five years. No, this is his Minnesota career. He's 34 and 29 and one. Agreed, needs to be better. He averages 4,200 passing yards and 25 touchdowns with a quarterback rating of 103.7. That's elite. 103.7 since he's been in Minnesota. 4,200 passing yards. 25 interceptions to seven picks. His entire five years in Minnesota. That's elite, friends. That's not dog shit. You'd be hard-pressed to find very many teams with not with the names of Brady and Rodgers that having can duplicate that number. I agree. The number of wins is not there. But you're making it sound like everybody wins in this league. It's not true. It's been Brady and Mahomes. They've been the dominant ones. You got to stop the run. Okay? You got to stop that run. It, 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 the, one of the biggest priorities that Jonathan Gannon has to do, there's two of them. You have got to stop the run. And my God almighty, man, you cannot play soft coverages on that passing attack. Okay? Didn't he lose to Cooper Rush in prime time? Who gives a shit about last year? They just annihilated the Packers. Give me a break. I don't care. Didn't Jalen not beat anybody that mattered last year? Honestly, you want to go there? Jalen Hurts did not have a good season last year, my guys. He didn't. That's not an NFL quarterback in what he did a year ago. They want more. You all want more. You said it. That season he had a year ago, Tyrod Taylor. That wasn't elite. Not even near good. It's fair. I give a grade on Jalen's year. Eh, C plus. Yeah, and Cousins had the least amount of interceptions of all starting quarterbacks with over 450 attempts last year. The entire offense had the least amount of turnovers. It wasn't because of him. <laughs> you talking like Cousins sucks and you haven't had but one 4,000-yard passer, and this guy's done it six of the last nine years. You guys are nuts. You guys are nuts, man. You don't know what good quarterbacking looks like. What he did on Monday, I said it and I tweeted it. He won't beat elite teams with that kind of performance where your quarterback goes for 17 carries and he's more effective running the ball than throwing it. AJ had 155. So what? It was 38-35 also. Great. You had one player show up and play well. The other guy saved your ass. The rest of them, 
So if you're going to attack this offense, press coverage. You got to press them. You got to get guys over the top to help deep third too. You can't let Justin Jefferson run around in the middle of the pile and in the middle of the field like you allowed some of those nobody wide receivers in Detroit to do. He'll eat the hell out of you, man. Okay? Packers wide receivers dropped a ton of passes. Go watch the film. I don't give a shit. Again, that comes off like the guys who always say this. I hear Bayless do this. Well, last night, Mahomes threw two passes that the Charger guys should have caught. They should have been picks. Yeah, but they weren't. Talk to me about reality. Not what should have or might happen or what uh, should have happened. That has nothing to do with anything. Zero. Well, they dropped passes. And it's called football. People drop passes. People throw passes to other players. People get sacked. It's football. There should have been two picks for Mahomes last night. How do you look at a game and do that? There wasn't. Well, the the kid Samuel had him in his hands. Great. Did he catch him? No. No one cares then. Okay? No one cares. Well, this should have (laughs) happened. You grade a guy in a bell curve on what should have happened? Good night. That offense... Got to stop the run. Everything is dictated in that running attack with that passing attack because play action's there. And you've got to move, in my opinion, Hassan Reddick around, line him up over the nose. And I'm not saying put his hand in the dirt, but do some creative stunts in the middle that makes that old line have to have their head on a swivel. You got the talent. Move him around. And give him freedom to be able to make that decision himself. Where do you think you should pass rush? Put it in the player's hand. Because Jonathan Gannon, having the player in his hand, it's not working. Here's the greatest example of that. Um, Junior Sales, a great example. Do you know what Ron Rivera used to do with him when he was the D coordinator in San Diego when the Chargers were there? They, they compromised the integrity of the defense because Junior was so dynamic. He would break down the complete structure. He used to drive Rodney Harrison nuts. And when they got to New England, it drove him nuts and it drove Belichick nuts. Junior Seau drove Belichick nuts because Junior Seau would do this. He'd take himself completely out of the play. But because that guy was such a freakazoid and such a great player, this guy would run 50 yards down the field and get the guy. And you're like, yeah, shit, you know, you let him play. But you got to have faith in your players to do that. You got to have faith that those guys can make that kind of decision making process when you're out there on the field. I'll tell you something about the Eagle organization, man. They don't believe in a lot of each other's faith. GM doesn't trust anybody. He's got to be in in every meeting. The D coordinator believes more in the scheme than the players. Dude, you got to put the game in the hands of the players, not the hands of the coaches. You know, when you're a coach in the NFL, when Sunday comes, you need to get the hell out of the way. You need to get the hell out of the way. 
Let the players get out there and play. I would move. I would. I would give Reddick as much freedom, and I would do what Barrett said. I'd line him up in a fifty front, and I'd put him over the nose, Jordan Davis or Fletcher. Do you know what you do when you do that? You you don't allow the guards and the centers of the Vikings to get up and scrape and scoop up on the linebackers and the free and strong safety. It's almost like a fail safe. That's how you defend it. If you got guys who aren't playing good against the run, put them in a scheme where it's fail safe. But that means you got to trust Bradbury and Slay on Thielen and also Jefferson. You got to be able to trust those guys. And that guy, the way he plays back, he doesn't. He believes in everything underneath. Okay? A quarterback in an offense like that will throw for 500 yards. Okay? They will. And the reason they could throw for 500 yards, it's not just because of Jefferson's great talent. It's also because of Dalvin Cook. I think he's the key in this whole thing. Big picking. 50 front does even things up. And it's a fail safe on first down, which the Eagles have lost for the last 19 games. I'm trying to put you in a position to defend this team. You got to have a little blind faith, though, if you're the coaches. The cornerback play in Monday night's game is going to be essential, along with first down play. Because first down, if you have them in second and eight, and you have that quarterback in second and eight, you're ahead of the sticks. And you got the Viking offense on their heels. If they're third and three, they got you on your heels. That is going to be something to keep an eye on when Monday comes. If the Vikings are consistently in third and three or under third and five, that's going to be a long night, man. And if the Eagles, and see, I'm telling you to do something he'll never do. He'll line him up in a 43. He'll put Reddick in a position where he'll underperform. You won't get to the passer. And there'll be troubles. Eagles have to control the game early. Agreed. Okay? Cook gives that play-action threat. He do- That's what got the Lions back in the game. Sweat had what? 14 carries or 17 carries for 144 yards. He had 10 yards a pop almost, 9-6. That created play action in those lanes in the secondary and exactly what Barrett said. There's too many new faces in the room. This will be the fifth quarter. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me put this out there to you guys. This will be the fifth quarter. That that unit on Monday night will play together as a team. You think that's a lot of reps? They probably had, what, 65 reps as a unit? You're trying to tell me with five new starting faces, with only 65 reps, I'm not talking about practice. I'm not talking about those organized teams, whatever. Didn't do anything for them. Barely got them ready. They're healthy. Okay. Fair enough. But that team's probably only played what? 63 plays together? 
man, that ain't enough against a team that's got that kind of talent to spend together for a full year. More than full year. Jefferson and Cousins are going on year three. Thielen and, Jeff- Thielen and Cousins and Jefferson are going on year three. Dalvin Cook and Cousins and Jefferson and Thielen are going on year three. You're going against an experienced offensive attack on Monday night. A team that's been together throwing the ball together for three years. You got a football team that's been together for 65 plays on defense. You got to keep that in perspective. Like I told you, guys, I I personally think the Eagles, I think that defense is probably going to be really good by week nine. When they get all their reps in. I'm not saying they're going to lose ball games. All of them, they're not. Elijah, thank you for coming aboard. Appreciate it. Guys, please hit the like button. Vikings have no offensive line? That's not what I saw a year ago. They had no turnovers. They were the least turnover team in the National Football League offensively last year. I don't know. You say there's no O-line? I don't think they're as good as the Lions O-line. The Lions O-line was banged up. Center was banged up. Tackle was banged up. And you were missing a guard. And they still pushed the Eagles around. Sills, their D got a lot of new faces also. You think they're going to... Jeremiah, that's a great take. Anytime that you add new faces to a team and you start adding multiple faces to a starting unit, you're going to have communication issues, especially when you don't practice. Helmets and shorts, not good enough. Drawing it up on a chalkboard, okay, that works a little bit. It does. Yeah, that's when you've got Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians in the building. Not training wheel coaches. You know, people go, well, Brady went down to Tampa and won a Super Bowl on a Zoom conference call. Yeah, Brady, Arians, who's got three rings himself, being a coordinator in Pittsburgh. I mean, he was probably in Pittsburgh with Barrett. I mean... Right? And you got Byron Leftwich, who's going to be a head football. He was off to the Jags job. He didn't want it. Because he didn't want Trent Belke in the building. You got a lot of good coaches there. You got a former player, too, and Leftwich as the OC. Our D-line has no, no time. It's five yard. Hey. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jesse goes, Sills, would you hire Fangio or Flores? Um, I'd hire Brian Flores. I like Brian Flores. I, I really do. So, press those guys. You, The pressure on Monday night is going to be on the corners. And the front triangle. You've got to win first down. And you've got to press the wideouts. Or that thing's going to look like a track meet in some of those games we saw a year ago with high percentages. Okay? The pressure on that team on Monday is going to be clearly on the corners and on that triangle. Barrett's been saying this since I met him, and I'm going to go back over it again. That team gets beat on first down. Do you know what that does to a defense when you've got third and three? You can't win that. That's they're going to complete third down 75% of the time. When you got a team in third and six, seven, eight, nine, it goes like this 18%, 11%. When you're third and nine, you got a 9% opportunity at completing that sequence of plays to get first down. Let's bring my friend in, Barrett Brooks from Sports Take. He's so dope and he's so great. Barrett, I'll What's tell up, you bro? what, brother. Awesome stuff, man. Hey, you're right on about that first down, man. It has been an Achilles heel for 19 for 19 games. Barrett, you said something the other day that I don't think a lot of people picked up on, that maybe there's a blueprint on what Detroit saw. You think we're going to see a lot of first and second down run blitzes in the same way on Monday night against Jalen until he can show he can spread it around? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the, it's, it's, it's almost kind of hurting them that they're best friends and their chemistry is so good, you know, that they can, you can go to them at any time. Um, and teams are going to pick up on that. You know, that's what defensive coordinators can get paid millions of dollars to stop this, but he does have the capable weapons that he can go to. It just so happens that the lions just didn't have enough horses in their stable to stop anything else. They have stopped the initial read, but after that, they couldn't do anything else. Like they couldn't stop Jalen from running around because they're not a, they're really not a good team. Um, I, they gave, they, they gave the Eagles their best and, and weren't able to close the deal. Um, but as they go forward, as the Eagles go forward, they'll be tested in a way that teams are going to stop, try to stop them with run blitzes as opposed to passing blitzes. Because like I said, it's going to be hard for Jalen, not necessarily hard for Jalen, but Jalen's going to have to do his deal as far as what he did over the winter, I mean, summertime, how he got productive as far as, you know, shortening, you know, his throwing motions, uh, his footwork, things of that nature. And I believe he can do it. He just got to go out there and show that he can do it to get these teams out of blitzing. Because if he start hitting the middle of that field, because when you blitz, you're going to vacate an area. He start hitting guys like Dallas Goddard and, you know, in the middle of that field, or maybe even, a, a you know, you know, whoever, who's ever in the slot. 
I mean, you can have some big, big chunk yardage after, you know, after you blitz because once you bring those linebackers, there's nobody behind to help them out. And they could be big plays, you know, just to get them out of that. So Jalen has to take that next progression into becoming a guy that reads it, sees it, and gets the ball where it was as opposed to, you know, letting the pressure get to him. How about this, Bear? Would this help the kid out a little bit if you rolled him more? You rolled him to the wide side or into the short side because if he's going to be isolated on one and you're going to bring a lot of pressure. Now, look, I think Stoutland clearly had probably a come-to-Jesus conversation, and I believe believe this. I believe the stuff on offense will be fixed more than I do what the stuff on defense is going to be fixed. Because I think there's going to be a better pass protection, even though the Vikings are a better unit. Is there a way of helping him? Because look at what you said with Goddard. Goddard had three catches for 60 yards. The guy's averaging 20 yards a catch. You got to get him more involved in that there. It's maybe rolling him something that they would think about because that means he only has to manage half the field as well. I think it's just using play action, period. Because they have the ability to run the ball when they want to, run play action, and not necessarily play action because they're trying to fool the defense into thinking they're running the ball. But it's solid protection. Solid meaning you're going to keep more blockers in to push the ball down the field. You're going to keep a tight end in. You're going to keep a running back in. And with that becomes extra protection. Give Jalen extra time to get the ball out to where he wants to go to. You know, it's not necessarily has anything to do with the, the appearance of them running it. It's just projection. When you, when you, when you do play action, even the offensive line blocks more aggressively because they're trying to make a run fake. So it just gives them uh, uh, you know, a better look at styming the defensive line at the line of scrimmage and giving him more time to see things develop in front of him. So play action is not just something that you use to fake the run. It's just used to push the ball down the field easier because you have more blockers. It gives Jalen more time to read and react to what's going on. They could use waggle protection. Waggle protection bring meaning they block man front side, pull the backside guard, and almost have him as an escort for Jalen Hurts as he rolls out. And it just gives him the extra blocker to keep guys from just flashing right in front of his face. All those things, you know, that, you know, just like you're saying with the rollouts and, you know, just moves him around, gives him a little more time, a little more vision of the entire field, as opposed to just sitting back there and just trying to be a, you know, a quarterback just going to sit in the pocket and, and throw down the field. If you look at it, more, more quarterbacks get hurt in the pocket than they do outside yep. the pocket. That's right. I love the way you were breaking down the defense because I think you said this too. Barrett, there's no question Jonathan Gannon is more in love with his scheme than the players that he has, and he's trying to fit square pegs and round holes and not looking at being a guy that's going to create a front, create like Jim Johnson, Buddy Ryan, 46 defense, the gang green, even the Tampa defense. I was talking to Dungy a couple days ago. When you get players like Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and John Lynch and Sapp, you create a front and a defense to be able to utilize, you just know. can't put 43 in. Then this is where I think Hassan Reddick is lost. I mean, what you said, I would put a 50 front in there because it stops the guards and tackles or guards and centers from getting up on skip, uh, scoop and slip up on the linebackers. Exactly. You're, you're set up to win first down that way. And yep. what I would also do, Barrett, I would roam Hassan Reddick, rush him from the short side. Not rushing from the edge, the, the the wide side. He can't cover tight ends. He can't cover backside of the backfield. Put him in the short side of the field and let him rush off that side of the corner there because he's got the corner to defend him and help. I'm talking the sideline. 
How would you use him? And do you see the same thing? I, I just think he's out of he's just out of position. Well, if you use him in a 50 front, that means you have to use a back to block him or a tight end to block him. So in that, in that, that's a that's an advantage for you because now he can beat the tight um he can beat the tight end or the running back. And if he does get to a, a, a offensive tackle, he can get past them because that's what he does best. You just gotta put him in a position, you know, that you can't slide protections to him. You can't uh, allocate blockers to him, kind of hide him a little bit. But at the end of the day, he's that's what he's done anyway. He doesn't care about hiding him. He wants to go out there and just rush the passer. They tried it from linebacker level and rush him from there. It didn't really work so well. Just put him on the line and let him go. Just let him go. You know, if, if you want him to go out there and produce, just let him go. See what he does first as far as one-on-one -on -one with the tackle before you start being innovative and putting him, you know, wherever you want to put him. If you're going to allow him to roam, let him roam then. If you do, if you do that, I believe he'll find a way to get there because it's on him to get to where he needs to go. So let him roam a little bit. It'll work. Couple last questions here for you. Um, I was talking about a guy like Brian Flores and what kind of influence that he would have on a defense like that. I don't know if that would be somebody that would fit into this system if this thing goes the way. And again. Barrett, I think you and me are looking at Jonathan Gannon, not on the Lions game. We're looking at the last 19 games, and we're looking at really trends. You and I are trend guys. We see what teams do yeah. trending, and we look like the last three games of the year and this last week. That's how I look at teams, and I also look at a formula on how a D coordinator and offensive coordinator act. I just don't see him all of a sudden on Monday, Jonathan Gannon doing this. Okay, we're going to blitz because Cousins can't handle pressure. And we know he can't handle pressure. That's who he is. But we knew golf can't handle pressure. And for whatever reason, he's Six sad. Just, Six I sack. mean, how do you see this thing playing out? Well, Dan, you, I was always told you walk like a duck, <laughs> you quack like a duck. What are you? <laughs> You're a duck. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, you are, and if, if you break tendencies if tendencies are working and I haven't seen the tendencies work a lot that he has going on. You got guys up front that I thought could whip the guy in front of him. I didn't see it this last game, you know? So what are you going to do to get pressure on the quarterback when you can't, you can't get there with your front four. You got to send blitzes. Is he scared to blitz? I, I wouldn't think so. Cause he has actually three good corners out there that can cover. Sometimes you got to let those guys get up in somebody's face and just cover. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't I don't see anything else but you know that they can do. I didn't see any pass rush. I didn't see I thought Sweat was going to have two sacks. He didn't have any. He didn't even sniff the quarterback. I thought BG was going to give me a couple sacks. He didn't sniff the quarterback either. Even Hargrave who I thought, you know, he he was, you know, tied for for most sacks in in uh on the team last year. He didn't piss a drop. So I, I'm trying to figure out where can they, where can they stimulate pressure to the quarterback? I, I don't know. So this this is gonna be telling to me on what type of coach Gannon is. This you know the first game, all right, I understand you hadn't have any film on him. You have film now on a pretty damn good defense. Where are you gonna go from here? I want to see if he's gonna step up and tell us all to shut up as we go forward. That's the only way I can see it. You either get up and 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 make things happen or or you know, you're going to tend to be who you are, a bend but don't break type of guy. Last question for you here. And to that point, 
don't you think, you, you know, certain coaches, you and I have been around like this. Hey, look, man, I want to play the three technique. Do you think I could cheat over a little bit to a head up? Because I can handle the guy and I'm allowed, instead of playing on a three technique, maybe I want to go more towards a zero technique where I can handle the guy so I can handle the A gap and the B gap. Would you be, would you be cool with that? They would say this. Hey, make sure you tell the guy behind you. Make yes. sure the guy tells behind you and then behind you. You got five new starters in that line. How much of a communication issue do you think it's been? Think about this too, Barrett. They're going to be playing against a team that's been together with Jefferson. Dan, 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 stop, Dan. They they can't because they don't do full-speed reps. uh, Simulate what they're going to see. You got to go full-speed to do that. When Jerome would tell you, hey, I'm jumping this gap, or he told Seth, hey, man, I got this gap. I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And Seth used to say, oh, hell, he's about to go. Let me cover for him. But they don't have that chemistry yet because they haven't been on the field necessarily doing it full speed yet. So that'll be a problem. Unless you know the guy next to you, it's going to be hard for you to make those type of decisions, man. So you know you can't do that if you don't have a guy that's going to be with you to do it. You told – if you if you told if you told your guy, hey, 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 uh, um, hey, hey, drone, 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 I see something here. I got him. I got a duck right here. I got a duck right here. I'm about to beat him on this side over here. He'd be, all right, I got you right here because you guys played together. They they haven't played together enough yet. Not in full speed reps yet. Maybe later on in the season, but they can't do it now because you have to do that full speed to know if you can do it or not. I'm going to tell everybody because Bear's probably at White Castle now. Jerome would look over at me and go like (laughs) this. And I'm sitting here with him and he'd go like this. I'm going to hit the cap, hit the cap. He'd go back there, three sacks, two tackles, and I'd look (laughs) over at him and go like this. I'd shake my head like this, Barrett. That motherfucker. And he goes, what are you doing? I goes, man, I worked my ass off to get to this point. And all you do is eat buckets of chicken and get in the backfield to make tons of plays. It used to aggravate me, man. Unbelievable, man. Hey, you got a free weekend though, right? Uh, you know what? I got a free Sunday. I get to watch all the games. But but I do on Saturday. I'm doing – I'm um, I'm the color analyst, and I'm doing um, Rutgers at, at Temple. At Rutgers all night. Rutgers all night, man. I hate to tell Rob that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Barrett, I love you so much, man, for doing this. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Great talking with you. I miss you a lot, man. Thank you so much, brother. We got to get it going, bro. We got to get it going. We will, man. Thank you so much. Barrett Brooks, man. I God, I love that guy, man. He's such a great analyst, too, man. He absolutely is. Hey, by the way, our good friends at Morgan & Morgan want you to know this. If you're hurt or injured on the job, there's only one place for you to go when it comes to defending your family. And that is Morgan & Morgan. For the past 30 years, they have been collecting money for their clients to the tune of $13.5 billion. God, I love that, man. There's no case too small for them. There's no case that's going to ever intimidate them. They have over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, New York, and in Florida. Folks, nobody defends you better because they're the biggest in America. When it comes to getting you your fair compensation, call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sales sent you. Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, 
it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show is your boy Big Self. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much for coming aboard with us. Um, yeah, I think Barrett and I are on the same page with this thing. This is going to be your do or die game for many people on Monday night. Here's the biggest questions going into a team like Minnesota for the Eagles. Can Jalen Hurts beat a winning team? A team that has... High expectations on it, too. Can Jonathan Gannon stop that offense? Can the defensive line 
And most notably, Hassan Reddick put... Pr- you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you. How many people think Howie Roseman did a good job in this offseason? Let me think. Let me ask you this. How many people think Howie did a good job this offseason? Okay. How many people think he did? Just curious. Just a couple of you guys. How many people do you think he, that when you look at Howie's offseason, and you look at all the players that he brought in. Because I've broached this with you before. On paper, Yale says. Luscious says me. Okay. How he did okay. I give him a seven, one to ten. hundred percent. Upgrades. He did. Well, let Big Sills tell you how it looks so far. Great offseason, says James. As of September 6th, Hassan Reddick doesn't have a position on the defense. Fletcher Cox looks old. CJ, not to him. He's only been here 13 days. Bradbury did not play well. Gee, really, the only guy that he brought, Jordan Davis looked out of shape. The only guy that he brought in that looks decent is A.J. Brown. The rest of those guys had a mediocre game one. All of them. All of them had mediocre days. And that's what led to a mediocre performance. GT goes game one. Okay. Do you know, GT, that if Jim Johnson was the head coach and it was 38-35, I'd sit here and go, you're right, it's game one. But the teacher you have in the classroom I don't know. I don't have faith that guy's turning that thing around. Sirianni listens to Howie. I don't know. This year got a lot of Sunday school teachers, man, coaching these players. You think these guys are getting really well coached? Do you actually think all of these players are being well coached? Kobe Dean had three plays. Okay. You couldn't coach him up better in the off. He had the entire offseason from the draft. He got only three plays. Jordan Davis, you didn't explain to him that they're going to need him in a rotation because you already had fears that Fletcher was running out of gas. Where were those conversations? Those are private conversations that you have in a team meeting room or in a position room with your guys that you're telling them the nuances that you're going to need to play in this league. Kid, you got to be in better shape. That's got nothing to do with X's and O's. Hassan, we got to find a spot for you. I'm right now at this point with Hassan Reddick. I just told Barrett, let him roam. Because he, that's the key to Reddick. 
The key to the key to Reddick too early to judge. It's been 19 games. And new faces. So this is what you got. Yale, too early. You got a coach that hasn't changed his stripes. You got new building, people in the building. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to think the communication is going to be better than it was a year ago? No. I'm at the position now with Reddick. The only way to save Reddick and that sign, that could be one of Howie's biggest disaster signs. If this thing doesn't right the ship, he was lost. But he's been lost for two years. That's why these people let him go. He reeled the Eagles in for 10 plus million. I let this guy roam. I line him up over the guard. I line him up over a tight end. Put him on the weak side. Let him come off that end. You got the sideline to protect him so he doesn't have to get crazy covering backs out of the backfield. And you can have a a free safety helping him behind him where he's not on an island. What you don't want is Hassan Reddick on an island in open space. Don't complete passes on him like, like he was one of those arcade guys at a fair. You can't have him in the wide side. They're going to run tight ends at him and backs at him out of the backfield, taking him off the pass rush. That's not what he does. 6'1", 230. He's not an every down outside. Look at how they play TJ Watt. How many times do you ever see him in the wide side of the field? Never. Never. That means he has to take tight ends on in the blocking game in the open space. Ain't lining him up like that. They brought Melvin Ingram in last year to hope that that would change. Ingram didn't want to play that position because he was getting killed. Ingram goes to Kansas City. They put him in the short side the same way they played Watt. Kansas City had a good pass rush and they were able to move Chris Jones back down inside again instead of putting him on the edge. 6'1", 230. Yeah. Look at all the... Hey, watch this. This here, Here's my prediction. This Fletcher Cox, 14-4, bust. That ain't a good sign. Hassan Reddick? I don't know. I got my suspect, and I know where I'm going with it, right? As of right now, I don't know. CJ will get better. That's why I said by week nine, some of these guys are going to figure it out. Bradbury, I believe, will figure it out too. Davis, I think he will too. I think, but this is going to take time. This is not a fix overnight. These guys have played 65 total plays together. 65 total plays. Vikings had playmakers that have been together for three years. I can't tell you how valuable that is. When Peyton Manning played in Indianapolis, he had an offensive line that was intact for a decade. Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark. 
Edgerin James. All those guys were together for seven to 10 years. And you had Tom Moore, the OC, together. When you got stability like that, that is so valuable. When you keep people, why do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers are such a dominant and gold standard franchise? They reinvest in their own guys. Here's what Howie does. He makes a mistake in the draft. He goes into free agency to cover his mistakes. And then before you know it, you're bringing in seven new dudes. That's not always conducive to chemistry and communication. The two things that are essential to play defense. When you looked at those greatest defenses in the history of the NFL, especially the ones over the last 25 years, the Ravens, the Bucks, those kind of defenses that were really dominant at the point that the Ravens have had numerous ones, all those guys played together. Their communication was spectacular together. Okay? Dan, I would love for you to live stream that game tonight, that Monday night game. What we need is fire. We need Will. Hey, man, Will Anderson. Now, that kid can cover backs, tight ends, and knock your quarterback out. He's special. Okay? He's special. And by the way, he was a game changer in that Texas game. He was a game changer. So how much of a realistic chance do you give the Vikings to finish one or two seeds? Shannon Sharp has them going to the NFC Championship game. I think Michael Irvin picked Kirk Cousins to be the most valuable player this year. As much as he said, an Eagle dynasty, Michael Irvin picked Kirk Cousins to win the most valuable player award this year. Shannon Sharp on another network said that um, the Vikings are going to the NFC Championship game this year. Xander's been saying that the Vikings have been his dark horse since February of last year, right after the Super Bowl. When we started talking about teams who are going to make improvements with new coaching hires. I think, as a matter of fact, Xander's probably the first person that opened my eyes up for it, and then I took with what he said. Right right out of the gate, at the beginning of the year, he said, I like that team. There's some, and, and you know what? GT, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Dan Silio, I want you as our new DC. I couldn't do it, man. Because I, I would see it. But then again, if I wanted to do it, I'd have to deal with Howie. And that's being a coach today. You got to be a politician. You know, you, you, you've got to be a psychologist. You've got to be a good scheme guy. There's so much. It's not like the old school where you could just tell a guy to shut the hell up and sit down. Or you're not playing. It's, 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 it's way more than that now. You got agents and social media and you got all that stuff now to deal with. Players yapping and chirping at you on social media now. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot to be a coach today. That's why probably this new fads with the – Brandon, how many people really believe Brandon Staley is the right coach for Justin Herbert? 
there won't be a guy here watching our show right now that would put their hand up and go, no, he's the guy. Jesus, Cremony, how do you look like that? Go into Arrowhead and control three quarters of the game and get beat. I don't know. I just, you see these new guys? The Nick Sirianni's? Dude, Sirianni's in that building because Frank Reich prepped them right. Hey, you want the job? You got to kiss Howie's ass. If you want to be what Doug Peterson is, you're not getting that job. If you want to be a politician, they'll love you. If you make the general manager feel like he's more in power, you're going to get the job. If you go in there telling them this, I want to change this. I want to change that. I want to change this. I want to do this. Most of those coaches that probably walked in there and did that interview for that job probably were like this. As soon as they left, he ain't it. (laughs) I'm not changing anything. Because it's an indictment on Howie if you want to change something. Like if you walked in and said you wanted a new quarterback over Jalen Hurts, you wouldn't get the job. That's Howie's guy. That's Howie's guy. You've got to coach Howie's people. And if you don't want to do that, you'll never be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles as long as he's the head. Well, that went through Joe Banner too, though. that, That actually is set up by the owner. The owner sets it up that way because you know why? The general manager keeps an eye on his money. You'll never have a GM that's not something to do with the salary cap in Philadelphia because the owner keeps an eye on his money that way. Good general managers don't really give a shit about the dough. They play the best people. In Philly, they kind of do. And you see it with your starting lineup. Your two defensive tackles, it was embarrassing. That was utterly embarrassing for $30 million with two guys. You got a defensive end or whatever the hell he is who's out of position running around like a chicken with his head chopped off. I mean, that's what that front seven was. The Eagles need to blitz all night long every freaking play, Jason says. Jason, remember this though, my friend. When you blitz like that and you press like that, you could pick this, die by a thousand razor cuts, which is zone, or die with one blow. That guy gets behind you and there's no secondary help. Like a free or strong, Jefferson will go down the sidelines for 80. You've got to believe in those dudes. You've got to have faith. I don't think they have faith in these guys yet. Not that they're bad players. I think they don't know what they think. They got everything all together here. Get this. Tell me if you guys believe this or not. I don't think the coaching staff trusts the preparation that they gave those players because of the lack of practice and conditioning. Tell me I'm wrong. Because when you play press coverage, you got to trust them dudes. I think the coaches have a question mark on how they were told to prepare the team. Do you agree? Nobody in their right mind would think that you were prepared going into a season when you didn't play any exhibition football. Who would think that? And then, and then 
um, Elliot Polyshore Spitzer is out there saying how great they look in practice and feeding you guys a bunch of BS wasn't true. Just like it wasn't true in San Francisco about Trey Lance. You see how coaches lie and organizations lie. They were telling us that Trey Lance is the next coming. By the way, I think Colin Kaepernick's better. If I had to pick between Trey Lance and Colin Kaepernick, I think Kaepernick's better. I think he's a better passer. So I find out this guy's out partying. Dude, I even tweeted it out. You've looked terrible. If I were you, man, I'd be thinking about spending all my off time and take it from me, studying the films and the playbook as much as I can. My knowledge is what's stopping me here. He's out part, dude. That's unbecoming right now when you're sucking. Colin Kaepernick was better. Kaepernick won games. Kaepernick won an NFC title. Can you imagine if they don't turn the lights off in that Ravens Super Bowl and Kaepernick wins the Super Bowl? There'd be a completely different conversation and narrative on Colin Kaepernick. That guy led that team to the Super Bowl. I don't see that. But we were told a bill of goods that this guy here is this. Sean Payton came out today and confirmed what I've been saying for about four weeks. I said Jimmy G will be the starting quarterback in four weeks. Now it's three. Sean Payton said he believes that Garoppolo is going to be back in there soon. Yeah, because you knew they were bullshitting you. Remember this, anytime you oversell me something, I question it, and it's a red flag for me. All right, week two of the NFL, I got all the games and the predictions. I want to take a look at that. Some really great college football games, too. There are so many spectacular storylines, too, that are coming out of the National Football League. It's remarkable. Please hit the like button. Hour three, keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. 
But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Still. Please hit the like button. I told you this before, and I'll say it again to you. Southeastern Conference, the reason they wanted Texas and Oklahoma in that conference is exactly why it was reported that they spent almost $800,000 in the total recruitment of Arch Manning to go to Texas. The money that they're going to put together for the Nils and for those players to go to Texas, out of the state of Texas, Alabama won't be able to hang with them. The money in Texas, the oil money, the billionaire guys that are all in the oil industry, in the energy industry, these guys all went to Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, all those kind of programs. Arkansas, and you're going to get big money donors. If I had to pick a college right now, Texas would be on my list to go visit because you know why? They're going to offer me the most. You could make a million dollars a year as a defensive lineman going to Texas. You're not making that at Ole Miss. You're going to make money because it's the SEC, but that is unbelievable. And the amount of money that they threw out there. Jerry Jones, too. Jerry does a great job supporting Arkansas. And they just finally got better. I think the reason that Arkansas got better is because Jerry's pumping more money into the program. All right. Isn't that crazy that since Kirk Cousins has been in Minnesota, he's averaged 4,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, 103.7 quarterback rating. He's 34 and 29 in the amount of years going into his fifth year in Minneapolis. This guy's averaging 4,000 yards. Okay? Lamar, Lamar Jackson doesn't. Kyler Murray doesn't. Probably Rodgers. There's not a lot of guys that average 4,000 yards. You guys are making that number. That's why when you're throwing that number at Jalen, 
you're making that number sound like it's common. That's a pretty tough number to get, 4,000. Now the extra game probably makes it simpler, okay? But you make that number sound like, hey, you know what, our guy will do it too. We've never had anybody but Wentz do it, okay? Hey, by the way, before I get into week two here, Excuse me. Um, Did you see 125 million Americans watch that Cowboys-Bucks game? The first opening week of the NFL on Thursday night, they had 118. There is nothing in America today. Nothing in America today. Okay. 120 for the full weekend. Okay. Thank you, Xander. 120 million people for the weekend watched NFL football. There's nothing on television today. There's nothing. Politics, political shows, sitcoms, reality television, nothing comes close to the NFL. It's a monster. It's why these networks are spending the amount of money. Look at this. 121.5 million people, total audience, up 5% from a year ago. Average viewers per NFL game, 18.5 million people watched all the NFL games. Look at that Buccaneers and Cowboy game, 24.5. That's better than an NBA Finals game. I mean, the NBA in baseball will never do this. Look at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Look at those markets. Cincinnati, Ohio. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Almost had 18 18 million people watching it. Minnesota, Minneapolis. Green Bay, 18.5. Look at these small markets. Denver, Seattle, not Mecca's. 20 million people watched it. What a monster. And so when you saw that thing being placed on Amazon last night, wait till you see that number. I watched it. I got a different way of watching it than most folks. But wait till you wait till you see the numbers. You see Jeff Bezos sitting next to the commissioner of the NFL. You think that's just by coincidence that Jeff Bezos, bro, Jeff Bezos, that thing's gonna be pay per view the Super Bowl like I told you one day. Plus, Bezos may own the Chargers. Remember, I said that to you. There's two dudes that the NFL wants to get a team to. You know who they are? I know this through my connections in the league. Who do you think the two people are that the league, there's really three people that they would like to have involved with ownership. And I happen to know two of the three. And one has made it very clear he wants in. There's three people 
that the league wants to get in. Now, nah, man, uh, Elon Musk does want, wants nothing to do with it. He, he That's not – he. Jay-Z's one of them, Stu. It's Jay-Z, Bob Iger, who used to be the head of Disney. I think this last year is his last year. I, or he may be – I think he's out. I think he was out at the first of the year. Bob Iger used to be the head of Disney. And Bob Iger was the guy cutting all those deals with ESPN and the NFL when it came to television rights. And Jeff Bezos. Bezos has made it clear he'd like to own a team. Well, they're not going to outbid the Walmart money. Okay, they're not. They're not going to outbid the Walmart money. And that's what got the Denver team. And plus Manning's involved in that. The Chargers are the next team up because there's a family issue going on inside there. Also, Seattle's for sale. And new ownership in there. Maybe Washington. I'd love to have Jay-Z part of the Washington ownership along with Bezos or Iger. I've met Bob Iger. Bob Iger was part of the... He was going to be part of the ownership that was going to help move the Chargers to Carson, California. Remember, it was supposed to be Rams and Chargers going to Carson. Chargers and Raiders going to Carson, California, where the Galaxy play. That got exonated by the owner of Microsoft, Paul Allen, and by Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. There was a 5-1 to vote in Houston. I was there for it. And there was a 5-1 to vote that it was going to be Raiders and Chargers going to Carson. No way. Kroenke went in, bought the pers- parcel of land that Al wanted to put the Raiders years ago at. Rams and Chargers, baby. That's why the Raiders were left holding the bag. They didn't know where to go. They had, they want, do you know what they want? Here's what they wanted. They wanted the Raiders to move down to Santa Clara and to go into that stadium to take some of the financial burden off the York family, the, the Bartolo family. That's why they moved them with inside the Raider organization's territory. There used to be a 200 area where you couldn't go into a team's area. They moved that team 75 miles from where the Raiders played. The Raiders blew a gasket. And they knew that the Raiders were not the main person at the old Coliseum. Do you know they used to pay rent to the A's? They were the second tenant in the building. The A's were the first tenant. They used to have to pay rent to the A's. And he was like, no way. And then he cut that deal with Las Vegas and Goodwin, the mayor there, who I know very well. Goodman cut that deal with her, with them, and gave him his bag of money, gave him a billion dollars. League had to come up with the money, the other part of it, and that's how they built that stadium. It's really crazy how this whole thing has worked out. Okay? Seals, do you think the NFL ticket will be on Amazon? I thought it was either going to be on Amazon or something like Apple. I thought Apple made a play for it, too. Um, I, 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 it's going to be a streaming service for sure. Okay. It will be. All right. Let's take a look at week two. 
some really compelling games this week, too, in the NFL here. Jets in Cleveland. Hey, let me tell you what's going on with this Jets team. That, what's his name? Robert Saley? Robert Saleh? He sucks. I'm keeping receipts and tickets on everyone talking shit on me. You imagine doing that in Philly? I'm keeping receipts on everyone talking trash on me. Coach your team. And what does that do? You're so you're you're keeping scoreboard on the media people talking about how your team blows. And what are you gonna do when you start winning? Throw it back in their faces? How's that productive? What kind of stupid stuff is that? That's unbecoming. That's a guy who's feeling the heat. That's a guy who's dumb. He's not ready to be a head coach. Head coaches don't go, I'm keeping receipts. When you're getting killed, when you have no resemblance of a winning team, he's going around telling everybody I'm keeping score. He's a laughingstock. He's a laughing stock. <laughs> Tony goes, hey, he's keeping he's keeping notes on people talking too much. Guy, shut up. What's that got to do with coaching? He's such a tool. I don't buy it, man. Hey, but here's the thing with Cleveland and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. Don't let that team get to 2-0, and man. And they're going to get to 2-0. They're going to run the ball. And so you're going to have a suspended quarterback whose football team is now nine games away from getting that star quarterback back on the field, and you're starting the season 2-0. and I don't know. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got to Deshaun Watson and you're 8-3 and or you're 7-4? and you're still in it. You're still in it. <laughs> I mean, dude, nice start here. And by the way, that guy, Nick Chubb, he's the real deal, dude. That guy can play. He's now moving himself up into that elite status when you're talking running backs. He can play, man. I got the Browns 27-10 in this ball game. I think they're going to run their record to 2-0 and on the season. And that Jets coach can keep taking receipts. Washington, Detroit. Let me see who you guys have on the list now. There you go, Philly. <laughs> Washington, Detroit. Who you got? Commander Wentz, baby. Thank you, Michael. Very kind of you. Commander Wentz. Sorry I holler, though. It's an Italian thing in me. Who you got? Detroit. Go Lions. <laughs> you guys hate Wentz so bad, man. Really? Commander Sack. This is hilarious. Commander. Tony's got Commander. There's still some Wentz jerseys in Philly, I see. <laughs> Motor City, Marcos. Okay. Commander Wentz. Who's got Commander Wentz against the Lions? 
What, what if he throws for 450 yards against the Lions? Philly 5'5", five, five, Lions. Adam Wentz is a tool. <laughs> oh, my God. Wheelchair Wentz. Boomer. <laughs> um, Brian goes, Detroit is cute with its whole hard knocks, but, but Wentz will just get by. Okay. I hate Daniel Snyder, too. I think he's unbecoming of an NFL owner. I'd love to see Jay-Z on that team, along with a couple other dudes. Be great. Get some new ownership in there. He's terrible, man. He's terrible for the league. He's unbecoming, man. That guy has no right to own a team. Like the guy in Phoenix, he has no right, man. Dropping N-bombs in Phoenix, and you still kept your team? That just shows you the power of billionaires. You can use the N-word. Get this. John Gruden can't use the N-word. And he's fired. But an NBA owner can and keep his team. Got it. Got it. I mean, think about that. So you can have the N-word being passed around on your, your server with the Washington commanders. And the owner knows it. And you got a guy in there that's your general manager, Bruce Allen, sending letters back and forth on email, dropping the N-bomb, but you keep your team too, okay? John Gruden's fired though. Oh. And you got an owner who every time a woman walked by in a sexy outfit in Phoenix in the NBA, he made some misogynistic remark about it. Really? And he keeps his team. Wonderful. Sounds like they got it going on, these billionaires. Always remember, they're sharks. They're billionaires for a reason. You know why? They don't cut good deals with you when they want to cut deals with communities to have good stadium deals and to be fair. You think they give a shit? You're a billionaire and you're a shark because you eat guppies. <laughs> and you're a predator. Sharks are predators. Owners are predators. Politicians are predators. Those people are predators. On financially not well-off people. That's how they eat people in communities up, in communities they destroy when they're in there. Because you don't have the finances or resources to fight them. Slimy business. That's what it is. NBA guy drops end bombs. He keeps his team. Oh, okay. I'm sure Chris Paul probably loves that. Head of the union. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see if he plays for him. This is a sneaky game. And I got to tell you guys, watch this. Bucks and Saints. Wish you could try to, hey, hey, Belo, he ain't getting around that Philly man owner doing that, dropping the end bomb. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, he, he, hey, even the white folks that come after his ass, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> and see, Italian guys like me would be confused because they would think you're talking about me anyway. <laughs> Saints and Bucks. You got Bucks? Lucius goes, Lucius goes Saints. Marco Saints. Tony's got Bucks. Who you got? 
Do one more here. Cousins is Donovan McNabb. If Cousins is in a Super Bowl, Cousins would. <laughs> Saints and Bucks. All right, you ready? This is going to be crazy. I think the Saints win this game 21-20. I think Jameis Winston beats him. If Trevor Simeon can beat him, Jameis Winston can beat him. Trevor Simeon beat Tom Brady last year. So it's not that far-fetched. Okay? And just because Sean Payton's not there, Carmichael is still there, same offensive coordinator, and I think Jameis is better. Plus that it's the Superdome. Dude, you know, I've, I've played I've played some pro games and a college bowl game in there when we played the Sugar Bowl. We played against Tennessee. That place is loud, man. That place is it, – it, it's not an easy place to play. And get this, even going back 30-some-odd years, for whatever reason, guys, that Superdome is a tough place to get wins. And Bucks and Saints, that's always been a hard game. I don't know why. I, I don't know why, man. It's always been a hard game. Oh, by the way, I got Commander Wentz winning against Detroit, 29-27. And Commander Wentz sets up two teams battling it out in week three. Commander Wentz versus General Hurts. <laughs> yeah. uh, at FedEx, too. Ooh. Mm, 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 mm. We have a good thing shaping up here, my friends. Yeah, man, I got the Saints winning that game. I think the Saints winning. It's a close one. How about this one here? The Gigantes versus the Panthers. And that crybaby Baker Mayfield. Nobody loves me. You know, I got it. He's such a tool. I mean it, man. Every time I hear people talking about Baker Mayfield, I think of a high school cheerleader. <laughs> I just think of a high school uh, Baker Mayfield, high school cheerleader, or a guy that does a triple sow cow. Is is, is that figure skating? Is is that figure skating? Triple sow cow. Every time I look at him, I think of Johnny Weir. be on the radio ever again. <laughs> oh my god that i think baker <laughs> i think baker actually gets a w against the giants you do brian baker yet another tool <laughs> oh man i don't know you know i act hey by the way you'd be shocked but johnny weir and i are friends I like the guy. I think he does a great job for NBC, actually. And I love, I love the fact of who he is, man. He's not, he's not afraid to show it. I got, I got the Giants winning this 26-24. I think Brian Dable, man. I think he's got, I think he's got that team turned in the right direction, man. Their sales are setting for the first time in about 10 years. 
I think the Giants' sales are heading in the right direction with this guy. New general manager that comes down from Buffalo as well. I don't know, man. Seems like a different win in their sales this time. I'm not saying they're back to being competitive again in the NFC East, but they look like they got the sales in the right direction here, right? Um, How about this? Is Mike Tomlin not a spectacular coach? New England at Pittsburgh. I get the Steelers winning 28-20. This guy, Mike Tomlin, man, it doesn't matter who's his quarterback. That duck dude, right? That, that The guy, what's his name? Randolph Scott or whatever the hell his name is. The kid from Oklahoma State. Or uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Or the kid from Pitt. It doesn't matter, right? I, I got the Steelers at home, man. 28-20. Now, T.J. Watt being out, I do think is a factor. Colts of Jacksonville. Dougie P. This team don't look that hot, does it? And I will say this to you. Some of you are, some of you are this. Trevor Lawrence got to pick it up. They got to pick it up a little bit. Okay? I got a lot of high expectations for the kid. He needs to pick it up a bit more. He needs to show people the promise that he has. See, right now, he's just showing the poise he has. Oh, it's okay. You have to have poise. But you got to show some of that promise, too. Because then after that, it becomes potential. And that's my f- least favorite thing to talk to you about when it talks about potential. Because potential are things you haven't done. And I don't like that word. Because that also reeks of projection. Projection and potential is exactly the same word to me. And I like production. You got the Jags winning, huh? Jags? Wow. Hey, the pill popper will be a little upset if that goes down 0-2. <laughs> hey, wait, you lose to the Jags and the Texans in back-to-back weeks? Frank Reich will get fired. They'll fire Frank Reich. They'll fire Frank Wright or Chris Ballard if they lose to the Texans and the Jags in consecutive weeks. Holy cow. Dude, you know, you can, can you see Jim Irsay? <laughs> this guy's a two-fisted bandit. <laughs> we lost to the Texans? We lost to the Jags? In consecutive weeks, I gave Wentz 38 million bucks <laughs> and I gave the Eagles a first rounder. <laughs> Holy cow. Oxycodones would be flying everywhere. Holy cow, man. You kidding me? This guy won't know what to do with himself. <laughs> Cop pulls him over after the after the Jags lost. The cops will go, damn, what is this, a dispensary? No, it's just open bottles. Did you take those all right now? Dude, did you not watch? The cop would probably go like this. Yeah, man, you lost to the Jags. I could see how you could down about four or five bottles. (laughs) I've got the Colts. And I got the Colts 31-17. Can't be. Okay? It can't be that bad. Can't be. 
there'll be big troubles in Indianapolis if they lose to the Jags. Holy cow. Jim Irsay. Oxycodone's flying everywhere. Vicodins and everything, man. This guy will be $50 million laying on his front desk. Hey, where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> I just left the Colts game. Where do you think I'm going? I don't know. <laughs> That's like your franchise. Where's it going? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Doug gets his first win, Tony. <laughs> oh, man. Miami at Baltimore. Tua, Xander's boy. Tug of Viola versus Lamar Jackson. I got a close one here. I got a pretty close ball game here, man. I got 28-21 Ravens. I think the Dolphins are going to show up and play pretty tough, man. I think the Dolphins are a pretty good football team, thank the Brian Flores and what they've done. But I got Baltimore winning this thing. Pretty close, 28-21. Atlanta at the Raiders. No, Rams, excuse me. The Rams surely rebound, right? I mean, they rebound, right? Rage, you got the uh, Dolphins winning, huh? Greasy, Greasy goes, Miami's going to surprise. Okay. I, I, I don't think you're that I don't think I don't think you guys are that far off. I think it's a close game. I do. I think it's a close game. Ram, I got I got the Rams over Marcus Mariota. But hey, one thing Mariota does that will give the Rams fits, he's mobile. He's mobile. And that defensive front with the Rams, the Los Angeles struggles with that kind of player. Rams can't go 0-2. I don't believe they do. All right. Lucius, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button, guys. Hey, the Geno Smith. Thank you very much. Hey, the 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 bandwagon of Geno Smith. Does it come to an end in San Francisco? You think everybody jumps off the Geno Smith wagon in San Francisco? Not doing the Eagle prediction until Monday. Mm-mm. Not doing the Eagle prediction till Monday. Got some more work to do on it. Watch this. I think Seattle wins this game. I think they win it 26-21. And the Jimmy Garoppolo screams will be louder. Jimmy! Jimmy! And then watch this. Wait a minute. I did this yesterday for you. Here's John Lynch. Where, where's where's the um, lip balm? What am I doing? Here's Kyle Shanahan. I'll take the chapstick. <laughs> and John Lynch is doing this with the balm. And Don Yee's in the next room. <laughs> Again. Jimmy? Yeah? 
I love you. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I know we've tried to replace you for three years now. Oh, gee, I'm really sorry that we gave three ones up for one play tray, but it's not working. Can you save us again? Well, you made me take a $10 million pay cut. How are you going to make this up to me? I'll take a new three-year contract extension at $39 million. But wait, we love you. <laughs> Do we think this is college in the nil rule? You better put that money back in my bank account. I don't care how you do. Hook or crook, get it back in there. You want me to come bail your ass out and you've been kicking me along the curb for three years? F you, man. Please? <laughs> Shit on that. Holy cow. Man, I would love to beat Garoppolo if they lose. Yeah, I'll take this. I'll take that. I want an extra room on the road. By the way, I want to be picked up in a Ferrari every day and taking the lunch. Dude, I would be so outlandish. Okay, you wouldn't believe. I mean, they, he deserves way better than this. They're going to come back and kiss his ass. You know they are. Please, God. <laughs> yeah. I got Seattle 26-21, baby. The Geno train continues. Cincinnati at Dallas. How about this? Cincinnati at Dallas. I can't believe I'm going to say this to you. The greatness of Cooper Rush. I got the Bengals winning this thing 31-28. And here's the only reason why I say that. Okay. Is because I don't believe that Cincinnati's offensive line and their issues in the O-line, I don't think they've fixed that thing yet, man. I get the Bengals winning, but you need to be better. Michael Parsons might have 10 sacks in this. He might break Derek Thomas's record. Houston at Denver. Hey, is this is this fair to say every time Russell Wilson plays? I can't get enough of Sierra shots. Dude, if you want to keep showing Sierra the whole time and then go to Russell Wilson, I'm totally good with that. She's got to be one of the finest looking women that God's ever created. I mean it. Sophie Loren, Sierra. She is unbelievable, man, and talented. She is so good looking, man. Oh, yeah, the quarterback didn't look too good in week one against Seattle. Okay? Rush is throwing four INTs. I don't know, man. There's something about that dork I like. I love I love Lovey, that Houston, that Houston Texans job. Can I tell you something? That's a Rooney Rule nightmare. You heard it from Big Sills. You have to offer some quality people like David Cully and Lovey Smith the shittiest job with the shittiest owner in the NFL. And nobody in their right mind would take that job. But African-American coaches who have waited their asses off 29 years, David Cully, to get a job. Hey, he made $30 million out the door, which is cool. 
But reputation, you only have one. It's such a shit place. And they always offer it to quality African-American coaches. Lovey and David Culley are quality coaches, man. Quality. Good people. Guys you want to play for. God. And you work for those guys, the McNairs. Terrible. Broncos 31-20. I hope Lovey gets a win. I'd love Lovey to get a win. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually know uh, David Culley. He's such a great, great coach. The guy you want to play for. He's just a good, good human being, man. Arizona and the Raiders. I got the Raiders winning this ball game. I think they're a pretty good ball team. Arizona's going to be 0-2. There's another coach that's going to be on the hot seat. That Cliff Kingsbury usually sucks at the end. He's sucking at the beginning here. And you just gave that quarterback $230 million? Hey, how you doing, man? You might want to ask the guy what he's doing. Then Chicago at Green Bay. Oh, I got that thing, 33-28. And Chicago at Green Bay. Packers come back, they win 38-10, and everything is cool in Rogersville. Mr. Rogers is home. (laughs) Right? Mr. Rogers, man. It's okay. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. How come every time I think of you, I think of (laughs) X-Lax? Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pondley Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits. 
as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Appreciate you coming aboard national football show. So, Paul, do you think A-Rod needs um, – oh, wait a minute. So, you think Mahomes needs Tyreek Hill? Sure don't look it. <laughs> Seven touchdowns, no picks? I, 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 I didn't see anything different. I mean, that guy still looks great. I don't know. I, Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be cool. Everything – the Packers have never, ever, ever been in the market for first-round wide receivers. They've always developed them. The last 30 years, you've had two of the best signal callers in the history of the league, and those guys have developed them. I told you this stat. It's a crazy stat. The Packers haven't drafted but two wide receivers in the first round in the last 40 years. It's not what they do. It's actually not what the Steelers do either. That kid Pickens they got from, from Georgia, he looks like a ball player too. By the way, tonight, pretty good college football game. Is FSU back for real, right? You got Louisville tonight. I like Louisville. I like their program. Um, but FSU, Mike Norville, they beat LSU. I, hey, your wife watching. Shut up, GT. Yeah, she loves she loves Bobby Bowden in Florida State. She'll be watching, man. She loves she loves she loved Coach Bowden. Every time we would call Coach Bowden to come on my program, hey Dan, how you doing, man? Everything going great. I would make this point to you. He's the most significant college football coach in the history of the state of Florida. Nobody had a bigger impact on college football um, on the state of Florida uh, other than Bobby Bowden. And there's been some great ones that have gone, including Jimmy Johnson, Steve Spurrier, um, Urban Meyer, all these guys. He's the most significant. He brought college football into the national limelight, probably starting in 78. Prior to 78, you know, everybody was always under the notion, hey, Miami was great. No, they weren't. Everybody was, do you know that Florida State was a, was a chick school? It started out as a woman's nursing school or something like that. And Florida, they hadn't won SEC titles. First SEC title they won was in the 80s. Then it got taken from them because they were on probation. They didn't win a legit SEC title until like the 1990s under Spurrier. Wasn't like they were this powerhouse team. They were good. But Bobby's teams were 
unbelievable. And Bobby was the first guy to really put college football on the map. And he was there like 30 years, 27 years. He And by the way, probably Xander doesn't even know this. He was offered the Alabama job twice, almost took it twice too. He told me. He almost took the Bama job twice. He would have turned that thing. He'd have won there big time with all the money they have. Bobby turned it down. He had great respect for Bear Bryant. Okay, it was after Ray Perkins they offered him the job too. And he turned it down then, and then he turned it down in the early um, in the early 90s as well to go in there and coach Alabama. I think it was after – it might have been actually before Saban. Now, Saban's – now, that was too old. This was like early 90s. Saban hasn't been there since the early 90s. I think in the early 90s, Saban was even at Toledo or some something like that. Saturday games, Georgia at South Carolina. Georgia's a powerhouse. OU at Nebraska. Hey, Scott Frost, how's that taste? It fired the guy before they brought him back. I mean, had him, you know, coach the great rivalry, and they fired their head coach. I don't know. A little bit of luster. One of the intriguing games over the weekend is BYU-Oregon. And then here's another one. Your Penn State Nittany Lions. How many people like James Franklin? It's, I, I know Penn State's big in Philly. I'm sorry. I know some of you like this guy. I don't see it. When I see Penn State football, especially the last three years, I look at Penn State football and go like this, you know, I don't know. I just don't see it, man. I, I, I don't think he's a good coach. And they play Auburn at Auburn. I played down to Jordan Hare. Hey, you talk about going into a place that's hostile environment, man. I've played at Jordan Hare. Actually, to think about it, I've played at Legion Field and I've played at Jordan Hare. That <laughs> place is rocking, dog. <laughs> Not friendly environments, man. Jordan Hare is a tough ass place to play some ball. Then we got UM and Texas AM. I wish AM hadn't lost Appalachian State last week. But if UM goes in and beats AM, and by the way, I said this to you guys. I told um, Tyler Van Dyke, I go, hey, from what I understand, there's going to be scouts at the um, game. I don't know if Eagle Scouts are going to be there, but somebody from, oh, no, I can't. I won't say it. Okay. He's had some conversations with people in the NFL, they've had some talks to him. You know, they come down and talk to the coaches and watch film. They kind of sneak a conversation in. There's been some people from the Northeast that have talked to Tyler Van Dyke. But do you know who the Eagles right now have the number one prospect at quarterback? Who do you think it is? Who do you think the number one prospect is the Eagles have evaluated at? I know this. I see the Bledsoe reports. The number one prospect in college football, the Eagles have. Who do you think he's number one? It's not the kid at Alabama. Stir that up. Jeremiah. Who do you think they have number one? It's not the kid. It's not the kid at Alabama. He's second. Who do you think they got? 
number one. Yep. The Penn State transfer. The Penn State transfer. So wait a minute. Will Levis transferred from Penn State because he hated the coach? Quite an indictment. Stroud's third. Stroud's third. Ohio State quarterback's third. Kentucky, Bama, and Stroud. That could change. That could change by the draft next April. I look, I think the kid from Ohio State, I don't know. I think he's I think he looks decent. The kid at Kentucky looks great. He goes into the swamp, takes one on the chin, gets up and throws a 75-yard touchdown strike down the seam. I was like, wow, okay. That was awesome. Monica, I already booked a vacation to Madagascar for January 5th to celebrate the Eagles. (laughs) I will indulge on a 20-year-old wine and hire Gordon Ramsay to cook me a 50-day aged filet mignon. Wow, dude. I want pictures. Monica, I want pictures. A 50-year-old aged filet mignon. Yeah. I want a Kobe steak, man. Big Sills. We can get Uncle Rico on a rookie contract and build around him. Don't need any elite quarterback. (laughs) Oh. Hey, Franklin Lutz Clifford. You mean the big red bear (laughs) or the big red dog? Steve, he likes Clifford, the big red dog, James Franklin. Is that who he likes? (laughs) Clifford, the big red dog. Dude, he sucks. I don't see it. He's as bad as the guy at Stanford. The guy at Stanford is like 19 and 31 or something over the last four years. Guy makes $11 million a year. You're like, wait. What? You got to give me a break, man. You got to be kidding me, right? All right. What a great weekend. Then it's Monday. And it's truly a football Monday. Gary Cobb will join us on Monday. Hell, I may even bring Gary Cobb back on Tuesday to get his take on the Monday night game on Tuesday, too, to see what he thinks, too. It's going to be a long night for my boy. Okay, he may have a good weekend. But he's going to have a long Monday night. <laughs> that's that's my guy, Xander, man. Great stuff, Xander. Always awesome. God bless all of you folks, man. You guys were awesome this week. Star-studded week, man. It was really great. We appreciate you guys so much. Have a great football weekend. We'll see you Monday going three to six. God bless you guys. We'll see you on the, on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.